Sounds like Nephilim to me, man. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is dis- nope, October 5th, 2020, episode 251. Is that correct? That's I correct. think we're 252 now. Nope, no, 251. Okay. All right, 251, and today, hybrid algo reptile. And you know me, I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gans. Welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus. We love you, and we try to love ourselves, and we try to love our enemies, even though it's hard. And uh, at least I'm on a normal timeline, according to Basil. He is in December, and on episode 252. Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to keep track when you're zipping around the time-space continuum like I just can't stop doing. But uh, we're back, and speaking of uh, the time-space continuum, today... We know that Trump is going to be released from his uh, prison hospital <laughs> at 6.30. And I was thinking to myself, Gons, oh, no, that's that'll be after the show. But he's probably talking about 6.30 Eastern, right? Yeah, which is pretty soon. I mean, it's yeah, about an hour so from he, now. He'll be released during the show. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. See if any new fun news comes from his uh, being released back into the wild like a like a captured and tagged mountain lion. Yeah, what if he walks out and he's all transhuman, you know? He's got his robot yeah, legs or maybe something. He's getting his uh, Neuralink chip implanted. <laughs> I like how in politics right now, he's back is trending. Is it really? Yeah, and I don't That's know if it's... I don't know who's back. Yeah, I guess it's Trump. Yeah. White House physician Dr. Sean Conley on President Trump's condition. He's back. Yeah. I thought was he was ever funny. gone, really? <laughs> I thought it was funny. I was reading some uh, articles about this. And, of course, the, the mainstream, the, they were making a huge deal about, oh, he gets his special wing in Walter Reed Hospital where they have a dining room and uh Blah, blah, blah. And um, regular American people who have COVID don't get that special treatment. Yeah, no kidding. He's the president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> like, how is this a surprise to you? I, I don't, don't understand. Know. Yeah, well, this, they would probably be, be blah, blah, probably be saying the exact opposite with someone like Obama, you know? Why isn't Obama getting the, the best care we have in this country? <laughs> Send him to Canada. They have better health care. Canada. Oh, that's a good one, Gons. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, any uh, fun special news on, on your side of the multiverse there? Nope. Just uh, continuing the countdown to baby. Continuing the countdown continues. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Gons, I'm dealing with my own. I've, I hear when you have a baby, you know, you've there's so many messes and just uh, parental catastrophes that just sort of happen, become a part of life, mm-hmm. um, you know, changing diapers and stuff like that. And I feel you. I feel you. Right before the show today, um, I spilled uh, an entire litter box on the floor of my bedroom. 
So I get you, man. I get you. Hopefully your cats don't have the Rona. Hopefully. That's not even funny, Gonzo. <laughs> no, they get their, they wear their cute little kitty masks when they go to the store. Oh, I do have something to tell you, though. I just published a video. Uh, it was a short video on one of the stories that we'll cover today on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel. And um, I mentioned how, like, oh, you know, just uh, some people don't like Basil or whatever. And the comments, overwhelming love for Basil. Oh, really? Lots of love for Basil. So, oh, yeah, I that's think, good uh, news. One of my favorite ones was, uh, he's grown on me, not like a fungus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I think you'll take that. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. It has been a marked shift in, uh, in the, uh, I don't know, the polls, yeah, the I, Basil polls. I think we shook finally- out the, the, the haters. Yes, we, they're starting to get thrown off. So that's good news. Yeah. Where was that? YouTube? Yep. YouTube on my channel, believe it or not. Yeah. On Face Like This. Wow. Some yeah. actual coming to my defense on the Face Like The Sun yeah. channel. Thank you. I love you. And to the rest of the haters, you'll get used to me. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's, it's the flippening. I'm going to start hating you. I'm going to become the, the f- biggest Basil <laughs> hater. I'll be like, man. <laughs> the flippening. I can't deal with it right now, Basil. Oh, that's fun. Okay, well, what do you say we get into the show here? Let's do it, and we're going to start with a Flippy Update. Woo! Flippy Update. Do you want fries with that? Okie dokie, continuing with uh, the, again, the awakening, the flippening that's been going on in the mainstream media. Of course, it sounds like they're finally starting to heed my call for... uh, Man, how long have we been doing news talk? We've been doing Canary Cry Radio since 2012. Did we start in 2016? I think it's 16 when we started news talk. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's almost been five years. So it's uh, it's finally happening. This is on Nerdist.com. The article is titled, Adorable Dinosaur Robots Served <laughs> Serve Perfect Ice Cream Cones. Okay. <laughs> and of course... <laughs> Okay, wait for it. Mankind has been worried about a Skynet future for decades, but robots haven't replaced humans just yet. And in the meantime, there are a lot of ways machines make our lives easier. That's certainly what some new adorable robots in Japan are doing. These fun contraptions are delivering perfect soft-serve ice cream cones. And how bad can robots be? If it's a dinosaur serving us ice cream. That's right. Moving on. Japanese company Connected Robotics is changing the ice cream service game forever with their soft cream robots. That's They probably could have made up a better name. <laughs> soft cream robots. In just 32 seconds, the Ritakun robot serves up Sofuto Karimu, uh, a.k.a. soft cream, which we know as soft serve ice cream. All a customer has to do is put the, in their order on a tablet or kiosk. On this initial model of the machine, you can order vanilla, chocolate, or a swirl mix. Then the robot, either a cute dinosaur or a dog, kicks into action. A cone or cup drops from the machine into a holder. The robo-animal then spins and places it under the ice cream dispenser. Then it slowly rotates to get that classic soft-serve layered design. When the order is finished, the robot spins back to the hungry customer for them to grab their 
bittersweet treat. The Rita-kun is uh, also feature comical voices to entertain as they work, and the dinosaur even exhales fog to let you know he's all finished. Per- parenthetical here, neither are features we want from a human server, FYI. If you want one for your business and during social distancing, you really might. For an extra fee, the company will work with clients who want to get custom designs. Now, do these robots take us one step closer to a Skynet fate? No, not even a little bit. But we sure hope the robots that do replace us look like this and serve us ice cream before they take over. So there's Nerdist raising the alarm on the Skynet takeover, but uh, in classic mainstream media fashion, uh, giving us the double speak mm-hmm. on whether we should fear these ice cream robots or not. I still say, yay, Gons. Yeah, well, this is how they do it. This is how they tame us. They give us ice cream. It's like the... It's like the creepy man who who offers candy to little kids. Mm-hmm. The same thing, except it's robot dinosaurs. Which I know you never take a treat, a sweet treat from a robot. That yeah. is uh, robot uh, overlord uh, uh, def- defeating rule number one. <laughs> I like in the picture they have a cute little doggy, a mm-hmm. pink one, then a cute little blue doggy, and then they have a purple dinosaur. And you'd think that they would go for like a Barney vibe, but no, it's like kind of a hyper-realistic, scary velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> Just purple. And uh, for those of you not watching, the a robot arm sticks out from under the chin of the, of the T-Rex, I guess, dinosaur. I don't know if it's a T-Rex, mm-hmm. actually. But uh, yeah, it has a cone holder, and then it does a, a little spin move, or not a spin move, uh, back and forth kind of groovy. Spin kick. Spin kick. Okay. Flying spin kick. To uh, get the, the cream in the cone. And it's, uh, it's very precise. I like Anio Nemes in the chat. You scream, I scream. Robots scream. We all scream for ice cream. <laughs> and we're all going to be screaming when the robots take over. That's what I have to say. Um, yeah, so here we go. Just another baby step in the direction of making robots uh, friendlier. So we do not resist when the ultimate robot takeover uh, begins. Yeah, and it's got features like uh, you know you, you don't have to get it in a cone; you can get it in a cup, and uh, and they can watch you too. They they show a little bit of footage of what the <laughs> robot sees, and it's like, oh, good, they are sentient. Okay. Yes, and of course, it's got the AI uh, facial tracking. Right. I'm sure there's some recognition. It connects with your contact tracing app, you yeah. know, so you can uh, make sure you didn't take an ice cream from a COVID. Uh, robot covid robot yeah that would yeah. be good all right well all right. only in japan of course our blueprint for now for the, yeah blueprint for the technocratic new world order yeah they got the giant gundam and robot ice cream mm-hmm. servers mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well let's move on here we got a, a few updates and some uh, interesting stories today kind of a slower news day today other than like trump covid trump 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 Everything's Trump, but, you know, we'll try to, we, we got one Trump story, but. Yeah, do not fear. Do not fear, dear listener. Today will not all be about Trump. In fact, I'm excited for today's show. It's, uh, it's again, kind of a throwback to, to actually following some real stuff going on that's not just all about COVID and not just all about Trump. Right. So, but strap we'll, in. We'll start with, with a little bit of COVID stuff. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33, 
is the number of completion of the great war. Always have to start with a 33 update. For those of you who mm-hmm. are new, 33 is a number we track because we believe it is the elite signaling to each other or something like that. Yeah, elite dog whistle. Yep. Uh, this is Illuminati dog whistle. Yep. Fredericksburg.com. Fredericksburg area health district reports. 33 new COVID-19 cases this weekend. Classic. Classic. No, nothing else to really say, but 33 new cases in Fredericksburg. Uh, and then a second 33 update. And, and we, we kind of missed this, Basil, in the last uh, couple episodes ago. We talked about the scorpion chair, the gaming chair that looks like a giant scorpion that brings a screen over you, you know, over your head. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, it's a zero gravity chair. Uh, and people were messaging us afterwards. I can't believe you missed it because that we talked about the price of the chair and mm-hmm. it's $3,299 or oh, so close. basically $3,300. <laughs> and of course, of course the scorpion chair. We were, we were looking for an angle on that chair. We knew there was something fishy about it. <laughs> yeah. So the Cluvin's PC cockpit is uh, $3,300 for. There it is. So just a quick update on that one. Uh, and then uh, here's a, here's another. This one is oh yeah Artificial intelligence. Ooh, I love this. Yeah. So this is on uh, it's MSN.com, but it's uh, it's another news. It's one of those MSN articles that couches other stories. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the outlet is. AV Club. Sing along to an AI composed opera about the death of humanity and the coming robot utopia. Ooh, great. The computers. Uh, not content just to write novels, create music, and start making their own version of Garfield are now out there composing operas, presumably just after a rogue AI took artist Michael Green hostage by strapping him to his computer <laughs> chair with USB and HDMI cables. The machines have forced him to work alongside alongside them to create a short musical called Threateningly... Th- I'm having issues. Threateningly enough... Anthropocene, an AI opera. Anthropocene. Yeah, I uh, I listen to a little bit. It is unbearable. It is so awful. I do. do I do. I I wish we can. Uh, I'll I'll try to translate the lyrics. There's a part in here that says, um, uh, "You can create worlds, and the nanobots will assemble through the word." Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So let me Wait, let say me, that again. Okay, so uh, you can create. It's talking to the AI. You can create uh-huh. worlds, and the nanobots will assemble through the word. Whoa! Capital W O R D. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna play, and it's the whole thing is just uh It's pretty. Yes, it's dystopian, but I mean, okay, it's hard to listen to, but we'll give it a shot here. I'll give it a few few seconds here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've read enough. It's I can 20, make out a single word. It's 25 minutes of that. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, does it change? Does it like go into other movements or uh, is it all just sort of kind, that uh, kind of there's, there's monotonous some, droning. It, 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 that segment is the longest segment. The, uh, there's a part of it at the beginning. That's a little bit more different. Maybe a little more legible or melodic or something. Eh, it's yeah. not melodic. None of it's melodic, <laughs> mm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was unbearable. I don't know. How, I mean, the only people that would enjoy this are other robots. There's no way humans are going to sit here and be like, Oh yes. Deep yeah, see, and That's the worrisome part of it because we've, uh, <laughs> we've seen, uh, other AIs pump out quote unquote artistic works, and it's always judged on like, well, how is this enjoyable to a human? And at the very least, it's humorous. You know, it's right. at least comical watching an AI try to make a, a human artistic work. But this is very much not for us. This no. is obviously for robots and robots alone. Yeah. And we listen to these lyrics, a vortex of chaos, void of will, agape and rapture. Whoa. I mean, they're just like. They're just totally buying into the, uh, every decision comes from the algorithms and the algorithms alone. Oh my gosh. I mean, just come on. <laughs> it's all there folks. It's all there. This is like a, well, yeah. the, 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 you got to remember those lyrics are very inspiring to other robots. I guess we've forgotten. That's a happy song of, uh, <laughs> of unity and power. We've forgotten that we are God. He is our space time duality. So, Whoa. I mean, yeah, come on, AI. Yeah. What do you... Uh, Great. Your quantum identification will be determined by the strongest signal detected within the zone. <laughs> within the zone. Well, at least they're not hiding it anymore. No, they're just out totally telling us uh, what they're up to. Yeah. For yeah. thou hast free will and art wise above all gods. No, um, is that in the lyrics? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is like, okay. All right, AI. All right. There we go. Not even trying to hide no, it anymore. We're, it's it's going to start getting, we're going to fight. That's funny. I'm not, I'm not joking. We're going to, it's because they think we're in a people zoo, you know? I'm still, if anybody knows uh, where a good supplier of EMP rifles is, I tweeted this out. A lot of people are interested. Yeah, that's a Might good. Might have to put it on the Basil's Bunker website. We're going to get stories. Exist. We're going to get stories about how people accidentally shot off an EMP rifle and took out a whole house, <laughs> all the electronics. Yeah. Uh, quote unquote, accidentally. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else we got? All right. Uh, if this wasn't enough, all the AI takeover that we'll get to more of later, uh, we, they're opening up the curse. It will kill. Mm, great. Yep. Egypt reveals 59 ancient coffins found near Saqqara pyramids, many of which hold mummies. Ooh, and uh, many, many. Where? What's in the other ones? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't I'm tell more us. worried about a sarcophagus that doesn't have a mummy <laughs> than the ones that do. I know. Well, they, you know, they had to, they had to uh, get people to, or I guess mummies to play in some of those old movies, you know. So, oh yeah, Cairo, yes, they're, Egypt's they're tourism among us. Egypt's tourism and antiquities minister said on Saturday, archaeologists have unearthed dozens of ancient coffins in a vast necropolis south of cairo khalid el anani says they uh said at least 59 sealed sarcophagi with mummies inside most of them were found that had been buried in three wells more than 2600 years ago quote mm -hmm. i consider this is the beginning of a big discovery 
Al Anani said, adding that there is an unknown number of coffins that have yet to be unearthed in the same area. Uh, goes on here and tells about some of the pyramids and, and whatnot. Oh, this is the part that I thought was interesting. Uh, he said archaeologists also found a total, total of 28 statuettes of Ptah Soker, the main god of the Saqqara necropolis, in a beautifully carved 35-centimeter bronze statuette of god Nefertum, inlaid with precious metals. Uh, I'm sorry, precious stones. Uh, the name of its owner... Priest Bad Amun is written on its base. He said, now, uh, you know, we talk about uh, precious stones and being decorated mm-hmm. with precious stones. We see that in, in the Bible many times. We see, you know, uh, Lucifer, Satan being called in Ezekiel, or I think it's Isaiah mentioned how he was, uh, or maybe it was Ezekiel. I got to double check that. I think it might be Ezekiel 28, but he's uh, inlaid with the precious stones and also the... Uh, abomination of desolation will be enamored mm. with precious stones. So there's a couple of biblical mm. references there that, uh, it's basically an image, these little statuettes. Um, so, you know, just, just some interesting things to consider. There, there. There's a connection. Uh, there's not, not a connection, but also, you know, every like creepy movie with mummies starts with people discovering mummies and opening up the sarcophagus. You know? Yeah. So no, this is obviously a bit a bad idea. Why are they doing? Like, why? You know, there's a yeah. there's a viral video of them, like uh, the whole bunch of people surrounding one of the uh, sarcophaguses. They're opening it up. Everyone's taking pictures. Oh, clapping! And it's mm-hmm. like, and then the no. swarm of scarabs come out and devour everyone's <laughs> yeah. flesh off their bones. I know. But I've seen that one. That's the part where they cut cut the video off. It's only twenty seconds. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just interesting how. It, it, what what is the protocol you know is it just because we don't know about our our history to a t that we're like we just dig things up and we go oh we'll just open it let's let's well, figure out what's going on yeah i mean that would be the basic thing but it's i find it weird that they're doing this like publicly yeah um you would think that they would do this in some sort of sterile room you know right. in, in a museum or a laboratory somewhere uh, but in this case, it's, it, I mean, there could be as much as 50 people surrounding this sarcophagus. Some are wearing masks, some are not. Um, but yeah, if there was some sort of ancient virus or whatever in there, you'd think you would just assume we should open this in, in a s- sterile, safe environment. Yeah, well, the ancient virus in a, you know, like a secular perspective, I'm talking more yeah. like unleashing the demons that were like hidden <laughs> well, in these, these people aren't worried much about that i guess not all i'm saying mm, is it will kill not a good idea yeah, not a good idea that. yeah yep all right one more quick update here this one is um what is it it's a pandemic special a pandemic special and uh it's kind of a sad story but i wanted to include it here because the i see a lot of people on social media sharing it uh, especially especially on the lib lefty type of folk uh, this is independent.co.uk coronavirus super healthy and in, in quotes college student dies from rare COVID-19 complications. And uh, this is Chad Doril was in tremendous shape, tall and slender, played basketball, ran long distance, but the 19 year old college student died on Monday night, apparently of neurological complications related to COVID-19. And uh, I saw a lot of people sharing like, how can Trump say 
you know, that the, the, the virus is safe or that, you know, where he's safe. Do not or that, be afraid. Don't be afraid. When look at this child, this super healthy child has died of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very sad. I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to glorify his death. I'm just saying it's, it's sad, but it says here in the article, Tanya Maxi, a family friend who taught Chad Doril in high school said doctors told the family that they suspected he had a previously undetected case of Julian Bar syndrome. Julian Bar. Oh, I'm totally mm-hmm. Julian Bar syndrome, a rare neurological disorder in which the body's immune system attacks nerves. Many viruses can trigger the syndrome, and there have been cases linked to COVID-19. And so, if there's a if there's a, a precondition of this magnitude, and I mean, it doesn't have to be COVID-19. It could be just like a normal flu or normal anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, you know for people to say he died of COVID nineteen, well right eh. they're calling him super healthy when he had well when they suspect that he had Julian Barr syndrome which is a very serious uh, yeah pre existing condition. Let me look up Julian Barr syndrome. I actually had it pulled up here. Do you have it up? Yeah, it's a disorder of the immune system where the nerves are attacked by immune cells. And uh, it's very rare, fewer than 20,000 cases per year in the U.S. And uh, treatment can manage conditions, but there's no known cure. And uh, what can trigger it? Respiratory infection or the stomach flu can trigger Julian Barr syndrome. Something as simple as a respiratory infection or the stomach flu can trigger it. uh, It's a rare disease. Yeah, so, I mean... I've heard it. Now, I have no official source. This is not evidence. I'm just saying something that I heard. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw Julian Barr, and I'm I'm hearing, that I'm seeing in the chat that there's other ways to pronounce it, um, that this was one of the suspected vaccine-related diseases. Mm. I, don't, I don't have a source for that. I just remember hearing that uh, in the past year or a year or two. Well, yeah. I mean, either way, it's, it's a precondition if he had it, which is pretty right. severe. And, and yeah. the other part of it, the article is talking about how the virus attacked his brain, which is, was unusual, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, point being that, yeah, if you have some precondition and you get COVID or anything, it doesn't have to be COVID-19. It could be something well, else. It's just, con- yeah, sorry to interrupt, but it's just the same double speak we're hearing. They're calling him super healthy. Right. And then they tell you right in there that he had Julian Barr. Or at least suspected. Um, Salta Paul in the chat says they have it. They have Julian Barr. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And don't yeah. don't get the Ronas. It might come after your brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Spooky. Yeah. Um. So I, I wanted wow. to include that just because it's uh it's one of those things you can share with normie friends that uh, right. if they if they pull out the well look at this it killed a super, super healthy kid. healthy person yeah it's like well yeah super healthy yeah, and remember you know most of what we do here on the show is just analyze the mainstream media's stuff this is an easy one to show somebody <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. you don't even have to be a conspiracy theorist they're just saying he's super healthy oh except for this super rare weird disease yeah <laughs> that probably had something to do with it right which again very unfortunate very sad but uh there you go it's it's I think, right there in I black th- and white i think it's more sad that people politicize his death to prove a point against a lot of Trump that and stuff a lot That's of politicizing the death of children lately yeah <laughs> yeah yeah not cool Bummer. but anyway yeah. that's uh you know the one the one thing i wanted to mention about covid 
and that's it. That wraps up the uh, quick updates. Are we the ready updates. for the uh, the, the ready main for story? the main thing? I found this, and uh, it's kind of an update, but we're gonna treat it like a full story here. Um, and there you go. Hit me with those jingles. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So remember back, folks, back to the uh, Neuralink Elon Musk live stream and his happy, happy piggies that had the Neuralink chip installed and just how happy they were and <laughs> how in love Elon Musk was with his pigs, uh, Gertrude and Joyce or something. I don't remember the other one's name, but I'm coming from news.yahoo.com. The article is titled America's rapid feral hog problem is creating a super pig uprising. Oh my gosh. So, so of course we had to bring <laughs> this to the show. Gone in 30 years, <laughs> in 30 years, feral pigs, have expanded from 17 states to 39, reaching a population high enough to constitute a feral swine bomb. Oh my gosh. Researchers, I know, I know, it's crazy, researchers say. We know what you're thinking. Legit question for rural Americans, how do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my ki small kids play? Yeah, it's called an AR-15 is how you fix that problem. <laughs> but in August 2019, Willie McNabb and his yard full of feral hogs became an overnight internet sensation. But McNabb's meme led to an increased awareness of the real fact of wild hogs reported recently by The Atlantic as something that millions of Americans deal with and that is a genuine public menace and destructive force. The 2017 film Okja. Did you see Okja? No. It was a fun movie. It was uh, definitely a sort of eco-warrior anthem. But the 2017 film Okja posited a Cujo-like super pig. But researchers say that idea is now close to a reality for some groups of feral pigs. That's because most wild pigs in the U.S. are some level of hybrid between domestic pigs and wild boars, creating heterosis or hybrid vigor. Mm. Hmm, I'm just going to open that link for later. Uh, Britannica explains the increase in such characteristics as size, growth rate, fertility, and yield of a hybrid organism over those of its parents. Plant and animal breeders exploit heterosis by mating two different purebred lines that have certain desirable traits. The first generation of offspring generally show, in greater measure, the desired characteristics of both parents. This vigor may decrease, however, if the hybrids are mated together. What results from these naturally occurring hybrids is a generation of wild pigs that can have the protective fur of the wild boar and the carefully bred huge litter size of the domestic pig, for example. McNabb drew attention to Texas in particular, which has the largest wild hog problem. There are an estimated 1.5 million wild hogs in that state alone, with another half a million in Florida. States offer most uh, states offer almost total freedom for hunters who have all the right licensing for their firearms, of course, and are acting within state gun law otherwise, and some even offer traps. There are similarities between wild hogs and populations of small wild cats in other nations. Yeah. In both cases, a dun dun dun, in both cases, a domesticated population can still have a robust hybrid young with wild species, creating a new group 
fruit that's especially harmful to farmers. In the U.S., even out-of-control populations of herbivores like wild deer uh, can cause a great deal of destruction, let alone gigantic groups of one of our smartest fellow omnivores. The Atlantic, again, that's... Um, uh, oh, man. What was his name? Steve Jobs' uh, widow's, yeah, widow's widow. uh, um, outlet there. says the first generation of pigs that break out of farm enclosures will grow tusks, typically removed by farmers, and start to roam over a 20-mile-plus range if needed. They'll even turn nocturnal if circumstances require it. And, as is often the case, some human error has played a part. Leisure hunters have imported wild pigs for sport hunts. Now, many states offer hotlines where residents can report, well, 30 to 50 wild hogs in their yard or any other pig sightings. So there you go, Gon. Some interesting things. This is kind of <laughs> off the normal path of the stories we talk about. But first, the uh, the connection with Elon, I just couldn't pass that up. But, uh, you know, there's also kind of a, a biblical connection here to, uh, you know, the, the herd of pigs, Legion. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well, no, was it was, a, uh, was it the Legion? Uh, I think it was Legion. Yeah, Legion was came sent. out of the man and was sent into the pigs. Yeah, Matthew and 8. So now, now we've got our own Legion in America. Yeah. Wild pigs taking over, man. And of course, the uh, conversation regarding hybrids about the increased, uh, you know, characteristics uh, of this uh, pig problem. This, uh, at least when the apocalypse come, we'll have a lot of pork to hunt <laughs> in the United States. Yeah, except they have super tough skin. We're gonna need yeah. we're gonna need strong laser beams. We're gonna um, need a bigger boat. One of the things that's interesting is that Britannica link about heterosis. I've heard, I remember I think Rob Skiba was the guy that talked about this back in the day, uh, before he he started exploring the flat Earth stuff when he was ta- when he was reporting on the Nephilim and doing research there. He was talking about how you know when two different type or you know not necessarily the uh, uh well he was talking about the liger i think when you cross uh breed certain types yeah certain types of animals that one of the traits that occurs is gigantism like there's no like the growth rate and all that Mm. stuff is crazy because yeah they uh some of the genetic you know whatever material to limit the size of it is uh omitted or bypassed or whatever it is yeah it's an interesting little factoid that, you know, we talk about hybrids and obviously the chimera connections and the uh, connection to, you know, revelation type uh, conversations. Um, but yeah, the, the, very fa- the very act of hybridizing creates a, a bigger version almost no matter what. Right. I want to give a shout out to Epony Blaze in the chat who, who asks, who had Super Pig Uprising for October for 20, <laughs> 2020 disaster bingo? So that's what we need. We, need, we just need a 2020 disaster bingo. That's a good idea. It's a little late, a little late now is yeah. the problem. Maybe, maybe a 2021. I'm not, I'm not foreseeing things getting too much better in 2021. So I know. Maybe, uh, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just have a year-long bingo competition. Yeah. And come up with the well, and of course, there's um, the connections with the wild pigs with swine flu. And mm-hmm. uh, earlier in 2020, there was uh, they had to kill like a billion pigs in China um, because there was some sort of swine flu going through the pork population and caused pork prices to skyrocket in China. 
So I don't know. Something something weird. There's just weird connections there. I don't know exactly. What was there was something about pigs that genetically are close to humans and they're gonna uh grow certain organs and stuff in pigs. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know that they've uh, made a huge deal recently about how smart they are and how they're one of our closest sort of intellectual, uh, uh, I don't know, siblings when it comes to animals on earth, which is not saying much for human beings, I think. Yeah. Well, there's a story here from Texas Medical Center, bioengineered lungs. Uh, How long from pigs to people? So there you go. Some bioengineered lungs from pigs to people. You know, yeah. the, uh, the other thing is, uh, if you, have you ever seen or read animal farm by yes. Orwell? Mm-hmm. One of the main, I guess the main guy strap in everybody. Gons <laughs> is going to describe animal farm to us again. Well, there's a scene, there's a scene where like the old pig, you know, like the old, uh-huh. old pig that rallies yeah. all the animals to revolt against the humans. Uh huh. You know, he, he talks about how they miss the humans mistreat the pigs and all the other animals. Right. But it's right. the pig. It's the pig that like leads the uprising. I know. So I'm just saying, you know, gotta watch out for those little piggies. <laughs> they're cute when they're little. Yeah. But I know. I just saw a video of three piglets cuddling with a kitten. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watch out. You know, I've been thinking recently that I want to, um, I want to try my hand at hunting. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a millennial, so I'm not like, and I wasn't raised as a hunter, mm-hmm. but I really think I need to try it out. I'm not looking forward to, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of a twinge when I think of killing something big and beautiful, um, a, a negative twinge, but you know what, if I'm going to eat cheeseburgers and if I'm going to continue to participate in as a meat eater, which I really enjoy doing, I should really have a, a closer connection with what it's like to, uh, to, you know, harvest, harvest, uh, something. But I say that to say, I hear that you can pretty much kill as many pigs as you want in Texas <laughs> for like two for 200 bucks. They'll uh, fly you in a helicopter Oh, over nice. a bunch of pigs and they'll just let you go nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a, that's a whole documentary for Canary Cry news stock. <laughs> Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. <laughs> hey, Bullets everybody. In the air. Uh, or you can, you can learn how to kill rabbits. I could learn how to do that. And that's skin rabbits. That's a little much. I need something. I, I need something that I don't want to cuddle with first. <laughs> Got to start easy. More protein. You get more protein per pound or something with rabbits than you do with any other animal. Y- you know, I have heard something about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'm good to move on. All I right. think we've, uh, I think we've f- squeezed that bacon <laughs> enough. I don't know. <laughs> you squeeze the bacon enough. Is that squeeze what you said? The bacon. That's what hunters do. I think that's what I've heard. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, let's move on here. We have a, a Space Pope Reptilian update. Space Pope Reptilian. And it is also a New World Order update here. A New World Order can emerge. And uh, again, one of the things that we do here on this show is that we uh, look at mainstream news outlets and we uh, you know, help people see that the, a lot of the... the quote unquote conspiracy topics 
are published in plain sight through mainstream media. Uh, this one's NPR.org. Pope Francis laments failures of market capitalism in blueprint for post-COVID world. Mm, great. Yeah, wonderful. Remember, Pope uh, Francis is a, he is a known socialist. Mm-hmm. So it says here, Pope Francis has presented his blueprint for a post-COVID-19 world, covering a vast number of issues from fraternity and income inequality to immigration and social injustice. The document, released Sunday, is his third encyclical, the most authoritative form of papal teaching. Its title is Fratelli Tutti, uh, probably pronouncing that wrong, and it is a scathing description of laissez-faire capitalism and a meditation on the coronavirus pandemic that has swept across the globe. Pope Francis began writing the document earlier this year with the aim of focusing on irreligious dialogue following the landmark joint statement he signed in February 2019 in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, with Sikh Ahmed El Tayeb, the Grand Imam of Egypt's Al-Azhar Mosque, and one of the highest authorities of Sunni Islam. And let me take a break one you know, right there, because one of the things back in, I think it was 20, maybe it was 2011, might have been 2012, very mm-hmm. early on, one of the prophecy conferences I went to, and I met Dr. Uh, Dr. Future and we're hanging out yep. and he was going on and on and on about Chrislam and, and some of the people that are making fun of him, like, well, when is Christianity and Islam ever going to come together with this Chrislam nonsense? Right. And uh, yeah, sorry, Dr. Future, you were totally right. Like nine years later, uh, they, you know, it was, it was percolating back then too, but much more open with the uh, Catholic church and the Islamic uh, movements coming together there. But as Francis writes, the pandemic, quote, unexpectedly erupted and his focus widened and the document became a treatise on the lessons that must be learned from a global health crisis. Once the pandemic passes, the Pope writes, quote, our worst response would be to plunge even more deeply into feverish consumerism and new forms of egotistic self-preservation. I don't know, man. Aren't we already in kind of a self-preservation mode? in this pandemic i mean he's not necessarily wrong with uh, society as a whole we are sure. sort of obsessed with those types of things sure with consumerism i, I understand yeah yeah like like, like needless the, consumerism i, I can see well that. the question is how does socialism fix that yeah Pick, yeah <laughs> like it I know. doesn't really it doesn't. there's current socialist countries who are just as consumerist or uh, you know, materialist as the United States is, it's yeah. kind of a straw man to pin that directly on capitalism. Yeah. But okay. It's just government continue. issued products. Yeah. yeah. Picking up on some of his favorite themes, Francis says the marketplace cannot resolve every problem. And he denounces what he describes as quote, this dogma of neoliberal faith that quote resorts to the magic theories of spillover or trickle. A good economic policy, he says, creates jobs. It doesn't eliminate them. The document echoes the Pope's focus on the need to welcome migrants and provide for the poor and disabled. Quote, every brother or sister in need when abandoned or ignored by the society in which I live become an existential foreigner, even though born in the same country. They may be citizens with full rights, yet they are treated like foreigners in their own country. Racism is a virus that quickly mutates and, instead of disappearing, goes into hiding and lurks in waiting. Colorful language there. The encyclical is a sharp critique of nationalism and populism. In one section, he warns against, quote, unhealthy populism, 
where individuals are able to exploit politically a people's culture under whatever ideological banner for their own personal advantage or continuing grip on power. Um, which, from what I've seen with populism, it hasn't been that. It's been more of a preservation type of movement. Right. Like, hey, we're trying to preserve our culture. Right. The, uh, the different people are coming into our country. And, you know, so anyway, at another point in the document, he denounces the divisiveness caused by social media, lamenting that, quote, social aggression is found unapparelled unparalleled room for expansion through computers and mobile mobile devices he continues quote this has now given free reign to ideologies things that until a few years ago would not be said by anyone without risking the loss of universal respect can now be said with impunity and in the crudest of terms even by some political figures at another point in the encyclical francis turns to the catholic church's own doctrine on war rejecting it as a means of legitimate defense Quote, it is very difficult nowadays to invoke the rational criteria elaborated in earlier centuries to speak of the possibility of a just war. Never again war. Ahead of its release, the title Fratelli Tutti, which translates to brothers all in English, sparked controversy in English speaking in the English speaking world, with some Catholics saying it is not sufficiently gender inclusive. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Vatican no. stressed that in Italian, fratelli refers to both brothers and sisters. Um, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So there's uh, the Pope with his uh, lament, the failures of capitalism. And, you know, uh, one of the things we talk about is, is the New World Order, this takeover uh, with mm -hmm. the papacy and the Catholic Church very much as part of it. Uh, very similar to... The the you know the robot dinosaur handing you a ice cream cone, sure. thinking that it's cool. Baby steps. Yeah, it's a similar type of thing, only at the religious level. But as a as an adjacent story to this, I wanted to bring you this story from CatholicPhilly.com. Papal letter highlights need for fraternity to counter war. Cardinal says. So this is the cardinal or a cardinal uh, responding or, or commenting on the document. Vatican mm -hmm. City, Pope Francis's social encyclical sees the need for human fraternity uh, as more than just an abstract concept, but as a concrete path towards peaceful existence in a world fraught by war, said Cardinal Pietro, uh, Pietro Perlin. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but it says in his address, Cardinal Perlin said that in today's international climate, there is, quote, an obvious contradiction between the common good and the tendency to give priority to the interests of states, even individual states. Okay. Uh, and then uh, goes on and it says, there's a quote from him quote. I hope that this encyclical together with the document on human fraternity shall be a strong deterrent against falsehood in all its forms and expressions, and that it can be the basis or the most important factor for the birth of a new world order. Yay, there it is. That relies on the sacredness of dignity and human rights, as the Pope said, not on contempt, slavery, and exploitation of man, he said, which is the biggest ironic statement ever, because yeah. uh, who has exploited more humans than uh, the papacy there? <laughs> right, but, exactly. Uh, yep, there you go. In plain language, birth of yeah. a new world order. Not even hiding yeah. it. Um, just for a little bit of background for everybody, this uh, Pope, Pope Francis, is from Argentina. He's yes. a Jesuit, grew up in Argentina. 
Um, Argentina has a long history of socialism, so it's not uh, surprising that he brought this influence over to the Vatican, although the Vatican has had its own uh, his, its own dalliances with uh, socialism. But this specifically is a flavor that Pope Francis brings from his upbringing in Argentina. Um, not to be mistaken with Venezuela, which is currently in a, a big uh, socialist emergency caused by its uh, experiment with socialism. Argentina has its own problems um, with socialism, but um, not quite the, the level of Venezuela. However, the current vice president is a, a member of the Socialist Party of Argentina. And so it's uh, it's a big movement there yeah. down in Argentina. Um, and some interesting things to, to point out related to this, but also related to a lot of other things. Um, you know, this term populism mm -hmm. has been very has been very interesting to watch how the uh, conversation around populism uh, has been evolving, especially over the Trump administration. Um, it's usually lumped in with nationalism, populism, evil stuff like that, you know, when you hear about it, you mm -hmm. know, they, they talk about Trump as a populist uh, uh, politician. It, just so everybody knows, the definition of population, populism is a political philosophy supporting the rights and power of the people in their <laughs> struggle against the privileged elite. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's talked about as a bad thing, but, uh, but it's because people don't actually know what it is. You know, yeah. they don't actually look it up. Populism is a political movement that empowers everyday citizens against elites. And so, of course, the mainstream has to make that evil because we can't have any sort of uprising against the elites. And then nationalism, just keep in mind, is just the preference of your nation over the interests of other nations, which this has now become an evil word as well, uh, especially now that the uh, the Pope condemns it. And so, yes, nationalism, preferring your nation over another, or populism, uh, a political movement to empower the common man versus the elites, are both evil when it comes to the papacy's uh, plan for the New World Order, which is based in socialism, which is simply just a product of his upbringing in Argentina. So... There you go. And he's the first Jesuit uh, ever to be Pope, mm -hmm. which is a good thing to remember. So anyways, there's just some details to add into the conversation there. Maybe he wants populism. <laughs> he's like, change the very good guns. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, very good. I need to get some more sleep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready on. for the next story? Yes. This okay, one is, this uh, what are we doing? What 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 jingle would suffice? I'll let you I'll let you figure it out while I give an introduction. Uh, we talked about hybrid pigs. We talked about uh, the Pope and uh, you know space Pope reptilian. We've talked about all these sorts of things, and I thought it would be nice to tie it all into this Vice article. And Gons, have you made a decision on the jingles? Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. We will launch a new. 
Yes, good choice. Perfectly done. This is from vice.com. Now, keep in mind, part of what we like to do on this show is to keep an eye on how quote-unquote conspiracy theorists or fringy-type people are being portrayed in the media. Um, And so I'm coming from Vice, and they've brought us lots of excellent articles uh, showing their hand regarding (laughs) conspiracy theorists. But here we go. This article is titled, Fringe Conspiracy Theorists. (laughs) Okay, you're going to love this. Fringe conspiracy theorists think Trump is an immortal alien. What? Got COVID as cover to shapeshift. Aliens? Whoa, that is (laughs) like all the things. Uh, It's all the things, Gons. So here we go. This is how uh, fringy people are being portrayed by Vice. Quote, Earthlings prepare to be attacked, tweeted Richard Van Steenberg. In response to the recent news that Donald Trump contracted COVID-19, Steenberg, like many others who believe nefarious aliens are visiting our planet, is concerned that Trump's recent illness is a sign of the coming alien apocalypse. Oh. Yep. QAnon is not the only movement getting worked up over Trump's coronavirus diagnosis. Conspiracy theorists on the extreme fringe also also suspect that Trump, who they believe might be an immortal alien, <laughs> might have contracted coronavirus in an attempt to shed his mortal flesh and shapeshift into something else. What in the world, Vice? <laughs> Where? What's the? Hold on, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna link. Click on this link. You, uh, you keep the going. The hard there. hitting news from Vice. All right, I'll keep going while you do that. Steenberg started an online petition three years ago called Disclose Humanoid Extraterrestrials Living Among Us. His website highlights the bulk of his theories, and with nearly 30,000 Twitter followers and over 10,000 signatures on his petition, Steenberg is confident he knows the truth. He is a purveyor of bizarre conspiracies that are largely divorced from anything happening in the observable universe. (laughs) While he has uh, a following among among conspiracy theorists, his beliefs are fringe, even for that space. You can say that again. <laughs> Quote, if you take the time to understand the possibility of E.T. being able to exist in humanoid form, parenthetical humanoid E.T., you would realize that they can live among us and we will just think they are E.A., Earthlings. Uh, Steenberg wrote in an email, Steenberg asserts that there are countless alien-human hybrids who coexist with humans on Earth, and that many hold established positions of power, such as being celebrities or corporate CEOs. He believes that these extraterrestrials are engaged in a plan to subvert humanity and take control via psychological manipulation. Trump, according to Steenberg, is most likely in on the plan. Quote, The plan has been in action since They put us on the planet as cavemen, Uh, cavemen, he said, quote, I would say Trump is either a H.E.T., human alien hybrid, or C.E.A., a human complicit in the alien plot, in that he has known what is going on, certainly for the better part of his public life on Earth and would have known early uh, early on, he would be president, Steenberg explained. Quote, if he's an HET, human alien hybrid, it's very probable he existed before Earth and took part in the design of the ETA, the plot to invade. Wow, a lot of uh, <laughs> he's acronyms. He's with his own language. <laughs> he's you know, got his own, yeah. I'll mention this. The He mentions Earthlings. He calls them EA. 
right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way they have Earthlings uh, typed here, the EA is capitalized in Earthlings. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, EA, Ea, is the god of water, also known as Sumerian Enki in oh, the right. Mesopotamian deity list. So, uh, okay, humans are. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Just uh, you know, going on. Yeah. <laughs> Steenberg explained that he believes that human alien hybrids don't really die, but are able to morph to look like whatever they want and not age. Well, that hasn't really worked for Donald Trump then. The news that Donald Trump has COVID is just a distraction, as all world events are, to keep humans focused on smaller issues and not the extraterrestrials. Again, there is no evidence to back up any of this. No way, Vice. You weren't able to find any evidence of this. So Trump getting COVID follows the same pattern, Steenberg said. Humans will focus on the confusion surrounding the infection and how it will affect the upcoming debates and elections, spending its time worrying about Trump and Biden. Humanity will not think philosophically about aliens and how they reside on Earth. Sherry Schreiner, an Ohio-based conspiracy theorist, internet radio show host... You can just say podcast. You don't have to say internet radio show, but okay. And self-proclaimed daughter of God. Whoa. Yeah. No, she's, that's a, that's a really, I didn't expect to see her name on this, but yeah, she's a old name in the crazy, well, not crazy. I would say the conspiracy Bible prophecy circles. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember her work as being something people were saying, check it out, but also be careful because kind of culty some of the stuff she says but right when they when they say daughter of god do they mean specifically like the general christian idea that we are sons and daughters of god or is this like a um a cult not occult but a cult uh related thing like the children of god yeah she might have her own sort of type of christianity Mm. i don't remember to be honest with you somebody in the chat might remember but yeah i I remember let's see if they tell us anything yeah yeah Okay, go on. Uh, um, Internet radio show host and self-proclaimed daughter of God ran a successful religious movement on Facebook and YouTube in the mid to late 2000s until she died in 2018. Oh, I didn't know her she doctor- Sorry, I didn't know ahead. either. Her doctrine, a mix of fundamentalist Christianity and UFO religion, uh, proclaimed that Satan had contracted... <laughs> Well, uh, proclaimed that Satan had contracted evil reptilian aliens to take over the world using their advanced technology and their powers of psychological manipulation, shape shifting and cloning. The vast majority of celebrities and world leaders were reptilian aliens in disguise. Space Pope reptilian mm-hmm. Shriners cult made headlines in 2012 when one of her followers killed himself themselves. And again in 2017, when another uh, one of her followers shot her boyfriend in the head at point blank range. Yikers. Okay. According the, to her the, books. I'm sorry, but it, that, there's no. Is it what? Yeah. They did that because of her? Shock or factor. Just, yeah, I don't know. It's just a shock factor uh, schmearing there. Yeah. Again, I, I barely know who this lady is. No reason to defend her, but that was uh, some very specific use of. Um, shock factor and language mm-hmm. in her paragraph there. Yeah. According to her books and various social media posts, Schreiner explained that she was chosen by God to save humanity from the evil aliens and Satan, their commander in chief. A handful of her followers have picked up Schreiner's ministry and have continued to spread the word. According to posts on Facebook, Trump contracted COVID-19 because he is actually under the command of Satan, citing the fact that he contracted the virus 33 days prior to the election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And linking to other oddball prophecies found in the Nicolas Cage film Snake Eyes. (laughs) It all boils down to the number 666 and that Trump has been marked by Satan. Have you seen Snake Eyes? I don't think I've ever seen it. No. Sounds like it. It's got Nick. It's got Nick Cage. So you know it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Continuing on, while these are extremely bizarre conspiracies with no basis in fact, they exist in a news ecosystem, social media environment, and political environment where the truth often doesn't matter, and where, quote, the truth can be very difficult to discern. People like Schreiner and her followers, Steenberg and his followers exist alongside Republican operatives who suggest that Trump getting coronavirus is some sort of assassination plot, either from the left or from China. Meanwhile, state-led disinfo campaign are meanwhile state-led disinfo campaign are likely continuing though we don't know if they're having as much success as they had in 2016 why is it talking about state-led are they saying that the state is engaged in disinfo regarding uh (laughs) trump getting it from china or from the left i mean it wouldn't be out of this question you do have the smith month modernization act yes yeah, that's, um, that's what i thought it was referencing but i doubt that's but what that's, a, that's a pretty big that that's a pretty big buy-in for uh i mean it's being its own conspiracy theory right for vice to be you know spreading that yeah in an article where they're trying to debunk conspiracy theories right all right Stephen Hassan, an expert on cult psychology and the author of The Cult of Trump, explained that bizarre beliefs, even ones about shape-shifting aliens try to invade, uh, trying to invade Earth, all serve to muddle the truth. Quote, These cults and religious movements can often be linked to psychological operations, Hassan explained over the telephone. Many people who fall into the UFO subculture are primed to believe other conspiracy theories, QAnon included. Dr. Stephen Greer, a popular popular UFO pundit whose films appear on Netflix, has appeared several times on the Russian state-sponsored news channel RT to talk about his method of alien contact and UFO. In February of 2019, Greer told RT Sophie Shevardnadze that three of his colleagues were assassinated by the CIA for attempting to disclose the truth behind a government-run UFO cover-up. Moreover, in the 1950s, the U.S. government did instruct American intelligence agencies to monitor UFO groups for dissident behavior. A collection of people who are already predisposed to believe in something with little evidence, such as aliens on Earth, and uh, and already hold a distrust in the government and other established institutions (gasps) seem to be a prime target. Target for easy manipulation. Gons, again, I ask, where is our CIA check? Because it uh, <laughs> sounds like we should be getting paid by the government. Yes, yeah, seriously. These new movements, which exist primarily on the internet, all seem to challenge the basic foundations of democracy. Okay, all here right. we go. <laughs> Does it really? Wow. The f- basic foundations of democracy are being <laughs> rattled by uh, lizard people. The media and government is corrupted by an evil force, and only free-thinking followers can save it. 
predominantly via some sort of revolution or massive societal shift. Quote, President Trump is a symptom of a problem that we have been dealing with for decades now, Hassan concluded. Quote, it seems easy to write off people with stranger kooky beliefs, but <laughs> we shouldn't because that is dangerous. Yeah, don't write us off just because we <laughs> are kooky. Well, there Damn. you go, Gons. That's, uh, I, I, you know, all of the Vice articles about conspiracy theorists or conspiracy theories, they always pick the most extreme, like, wacky people. Uh, there is yet, and this is unsurprising, obviously, they have yet to do a piece on, you know, moderate uh, sort of... Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Maybe skeptics of yeah, skeptics are just reasonable. <laughs> the yeah. reasonable side of conspiracy theories, you know, it's always about the craziest, uh, out of this world, almost literally, uh, theories. Yeah, I, I, I always find it interesting that they start off with, you know, the headline is attention grabbing, you know, and then they they pick on one guy. And then they mm -hmm. have to go to someone that's not even around anymore, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to make a point. Right. And uh, I, it's always kind of, I don't know. It doesn't really, people that, it's almost like a confirmation bias article where it's like people that already believe that no conspiracy theories are true, that right. any of this thinking is all nonsense. It just confirms their bias with language, mm -hmm. not even like evidence, yeah. just language, <laughs> the way they that's write. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, if you just pick out the obvious rhetorical tools, they've got, uh, you know, straw men, they've got uh, confirmation bias on the, you know, the sort of brainwashed side. And you have appeal to uh, authority, but in this case, it's appeal to, you know, the most extreme conspiracy theorist authority uh, giving the impression that that's what all conspiracy theorists, right. uh, you know, think. The the mention of Dr. Stephen Greer is an interesting one, too, because he's someone that, you know, even as uh, a UFO enthusiast, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, this guy's kind of shilly. You know, this guy kind of <laughs> just sells his yeah. own, like... He's kind of a known show. Yeah, and, and you know, had got caught spending money on some less than wholesome things and stuff like that. But I find it interesting that, of course... They they couch his you know his whole thing as appearing on Russian state sponsored news <laughs> channel RT mm -hmm. like oh see all the conspiracy all the people the Russian bot people they're all the same they all you know kind of right you got to tie it into the Russians yeah it's just you, weird you man. have <laughs> conspiracy the most extreme conspiracy theorists got to tie them in with the Russians and then you got to tie it in obviously with Trump and. Uh, challenging the basic foundations of democracy. <laughs> this is a really well put together piece uh, when you consider the mission of Vice, which is to you know toe the uh, the the establishment line uh, while being kind of edgy, talking about uh, conspiracy theorists and stuff, um, and of course, Orange Man bad. Yeah. Well, uh, it looks like. Vice, you are state-sponsored propaganda machinery. Yeah. 
so that's fun so when you uh <laughs> that's how you look people that's how we all look i'm sure that's how this show is viewed but of course <laughs> we do like talking about aliens and of course we do talk about the space pope reptilian so yeah Watch out, guns. We're, I know. We're dangerous. We're dangerous to democracy. The foundations of democracy. Only lizard people would say that that any questioning <laughs> about lizard people is a danger to democracy. Yeah, Vice, that is what lizard people would say. <laughs> Colin, you prove you're not up. lizard people, Vice. <laughs> prove it, prove Vice. Prove it. <laughs> All right. Okay, very good. Well, I think we should take a little break. What do you say? Let's do it. It's break time. Come on, take a break. Okay, folks, we're just going to take a really quick break, but don't go anywhere. After the break, we've got some uh, mind control news we need to talk about. We've got NASA recruiting alien hunters, kids uh, planning your career path. And then we've got some, uh, wow, a Nephilim update that uh, is a little bit more than the usual Nephilim update recently. So uh, stick around for that. You're not going to want to miss those stories. But real quick, we're going to take a quick break and thank, first of all, some of our Twitch followers. Gons, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Again, another short list here. Um, Let's start out with Snafu0311. Thank you very much for the follow. Anti-robot combatant. All right. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'll have to talk with you, anti-robot combatant. Uh, we've got Rotogan. <laughs> Mots1962. We got Miso Misty Robotics. Oh, good. Miso Robotics are finally following us. Um. This one, how do I do this? Uh, Rainian, hold on. Rainiamei. Rainiamei. Thank you very much for the follow. All right. Rainiamei. Um, thank you very much for everybody who follows us on Twitch. It's a great place to follow us. Turn on notifications. Even if you follow the YouTube and the Facebook and other places, we recommend you follow on multiple platforms uh, so you never miss a show. And remember to subscribe to the podcast version on your podcast player. Uh, much better sound quality. And just in case of any dropouts or anything, um, you, you, that's, how, that's the best way to catch the show after the live show. Mm, excuse me, show burps are coming back. Um, okay, next, I want to thank some producers, Gons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those who don't know, we are on the value for value model. And what does that mean? If you're new to the show, uh, the value, you know, usually different podcasters, content producers, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, advertising has sort of taken over the minds of content creators all over the world, which means basically in simple terms that people who do a podcast or make a show are incentivized to collect as many listeners as possible and sell them to big corporations like 
cattle uh, for their own personal gain. And that just didn't seem right to us. The advertising model seems to be the culprit in a lot of the negative social changes uh, regarding the internet and data collection and data selling. And, uh, you know, it also incentivizes producers to toe the party line. They have to be brand friendly. You certainly could not talk about, uh, you know, shape-shifting Trump if I was trying <laughs> to do an ad for Swiffer WetJet after that, you know. Um, that uh, The advertising model is why Joe Rogan has to come out and do a big apology after stating f- actual facts Sell on his out. show. Yes, yes, we all know. Um, and all sorts of things like that. It's just negative. It's just negative, 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 this advertising model. So instead, we go by the value for value model, which was pioneered by the No Agenda Show, Adam Curry and uh, John C. Dvorak. And uh, we're happy to propagate that model as well. Now, what does that mean? That means uh, we put out a show, we create value. And uh, if you get any value from what we do, you know, we're pretty consistent. We like to think we do a good job. If that brings any value to your life, whether it's the entertainment or the education or the analysis or whatever, just the jingles, who knows? Whatever value you get, you are given the opportunity to put the value back into the show and uh, the big wheel keeps on turning. And it's the only way we're able to keep doing the show, um, especially under current circumstances. And so that's why we like to thank our producers. If you give uh, to the show, if you support the show in in many different ways, you are a producer of the show. You can put it on your resume, put it on your LinkedIn. You can give them our email and we will vouch for you. So one of the best ways to do that is at patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Crown news talk that's patreon.com slash ccnt and gone since last show we uh we have one new patron and mm-hmm. that is ciara ciara has been coming in for the past few uh episodes and sh- now she's all locked in on the patreon so thank you very much producer ciara um and that is it well you know what let me do a quick double check to see if anybody has come in during the show reloading the page Nope, just Ciara. Okay, so there you go. It's been a slow couple, slow weekend on Patreon. Um, now, uh, remember, we have patreon.com slash ccnt. We also have patreon.com slash canarycryradio. And uh, nobody has come in over the weekend on uh, that Patreon. So slow weekend for Patreon. Now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. A lot of people don't like Patreon. We support your, your rights to uh, (laughs) not like Patreon. But if you're looking for another way to support the show financially, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. And over there, we got PayPal options. You can come in with a monthly producership, or if commitment is not your thing, you can make a one-time producership uh, contribution in any amount. There's also cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun ways to support the show there. Guns, who do we have coming in on PayPal? PayPal, we have a handful of producers for this episode. Andrea coming in as a new recurring producer. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. producer Andrea. 
We also have Jack coming in. Jack. $33.33 for Jack. Oh, Thank you, Jack. The 33 uh, group there. Thank you very much, Producer Jack. And, uh oh, you know what? I might have not deleted some of the names here from last time. I think this one was new. Was it? Okay, yes. We do yeah. have a uh, another one from Bush Protector. Yeah, Bush Protector has been uh, coming around a lot recently. Yeah, thank you very much, producer Bush Protector. And he has uh, he made a donation amount in a significant number, but um, since it's not one of our uh, outstanding producership levels, I don't want to blow up their spot. Right. So, uh, yeah. There we yes. go. But very interesting. People are starting to uh, uh, use all sorts of fun numbers to uh, support the show. Yes. We also had Isaac come in twice. Mm. Uh, one is uh, at $7.50. That is ah, the Trump the tax. Trump, yes. Trump tax producer of the show. Thank you, Isaac. And uh, he also came in at $3.33 to, you know, round oh, out the 33. The, yeah. The 33 Club. Yep. Thank you very much. Doubling up, Isaac. Thank you. And during the show, we had Tracy come Ooh. in with a, a hybrid donation. Oh, This is a $33.75. And ah. she's combining the 33 and the Trump tax 7-5 combo. Very Thank good. You, Thank you, producer Tracy. So the hybrid donation. So, so technically, thirty-three seventy-five would be uh, what's that word? Looking for it. Het- heterosis. <laughs> what was the word? I don't remember. I hold on. I'm scanning right now. I'm looking for the word in our pig uh, pig our article. Pig article here. Okay. Heterosis. Yes. So there we go. The third. We'll call the thirty-three seventy-five the heterosis. Do, uh, the <laughs> producership. It's the tax Trump and the thirty-three Perfect. heterosis Perfect. producership. Uh, the other ways you can help produce the show with your treasure is with cryptocurrencies. You can go to canarycryradio.com/crypto to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, I did notice somebody in the chat earlier today was mentioning um, how Celsius Network has been going bananas. Uh, I had mentioned Celsius Network a few months ago, and they were very happy that uh, it's, it's gone a lot, uh, up a lot in, uh, in price. So people that got into Celsius this summer are, are pretty happy today. Uh, yeah. But we also have a, a nighting to do today. We, we haven't knighted anyone Woo! in a while uh are you ready for this basil i kind of feel rusty yeah. i don't know if we could if yeah we, uh, i don't know i don't even remember where we knight people but we might as well do it now before we get into the art and jingles huh yeah let's do it let's let's give it a shot okay so, uh, well you might as well take out your katana there yeah my katana okay and you got very your good. sword i'll get my sword here all right very good very good okie dokie all right well thank you we want to thank everybody for helping produce the show but especially we want to call up old two box please step forward to the canary cry round table of knights and dames where we have a seat for you thanks to your generous support in the amount of one thousand dollars or more over the span of the show we are proud to pronounce you uh oh i don't have his name here it's uh sir old two box knight of the watchman Yes, that's right. At the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have the belt of truthful truthiness. 
the breastplate of righteous righteousness, custom fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kitties for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have fancy feast, wet food, carved Cosmo and CRISPR cow, and of course, fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Dames Roundtable, Sir Old Two Box, Knight of the Watchmen. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. That's right. What are we up? We're up to seven. Is he the seventh oh, knighting? He is the seventh knight. Se- yeah. Ooh, that might be a good part of his name. Old Two Box, seventh knight of the Watchmen. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for being a producer, Old Two Box. You've been a very generous producer over the years and especially lately. So you've hit that $1,000 or more donation amount. And uh, we're excited to have you as the seventh night of the Canary Cry Roundtable. Very good. Thank you to Sir Old Two Box, Knight of the Watchmen. Uh, and uh, of course, there are other ways to support the show with your producership, with your talents. That's right. And real quick, I just want to let everybody know, if you uh, are a producer of the show, make sure to keep keep track of your own accounting. I mean, we can uh, we can verify it on our side, but if you believe that over the years uh, you have pro- helped produce the show with $1,000 or more, send us a uh, an email and we will make sure to knight you on the show. Perfect, perfect. So uh, we did call for a snail mail jingle. And uh, my worst fears came to pass. Uh-oh. Mr. Magoo came in with, a, with another <laughs> snail mail jingle. I was thinking if there's anyone that's going to do it, it's going to be Mr. Magoo. We can always count on Mr. Magoo coming that's in true. with jingles. So uh, this is the snail mail jingle. Beep, 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 beep. Snail mail. <laughs> my mail is snail mail. Beep, 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 uh. beep. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Mr. Magoo. Always coming in with a quick, uh, a quick jingle production there. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, have to come up with some, uh, edit, edit that and produce it a little bit. It can, it, it can be good. I like it. It's I, good. I think it's, it's got good bones. Yeah. Good bones. We'll just have to put got some meat bones. on it. Uh, but, uh, we, there's other ways to support the show with your talents. One art, please. <laughs> and of course that is with your artwork and mm-hmm. today we have some artwork to present to you all uh you know i really wish i would figure out i can i, I, I need to know how to say this name l-e-k-3-c-t lek-3-c-t i don't know uh um, they let came me, in let me look at it written down maybe that'll help me uh, uh, Lekect? Lekect? I don't know. Lekect, I think. Okay. All right. We'll say that. Okay, Lekect. (laughs) It's not what they probably, how they call themselves. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) uh, thank you for the artwork. This is, um, they labeled it One Art, Please, but in this piece of art, they have uh, a a couple of watchers behind the firmament there. And uh, it's one of the watchers is sitting on a cloud saying, quit messing around, Simiaza. You know, one of the, <laughs> one of the watchers. Yeah. Uh, and the, and Simiaza says, hold up. I'm trying to do a duck. And he's poking <laughs> at the firmament there. And there are people on the ground looking up saying, look at the spaceships. Mm, kind of a, good. kind of a reference to the, uh, you know, the quantum realm and, or the, uh, or the extra dimensions and how, um, 
what was it? What's uh, uh what, what's well, we've the- got the extra biblical references to the Watchers. Yes, Semyaza is named in the Book of Enoch, I believe. Right, right. But I was trying to think of the uh, what's uh, Flat World. What is it called? Uh, that- yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat, flat world or the two D, yeah. two dimensional uh, representation stuff. Josh Peck talks it about talks right. about it a lot. Right. Uh, I think, yes, I think it's a reference a, to that. With in the, a uh, multiverse where there are beings who operate on more dimensions, um, us here in Flatland. Flatland. That's, what it's, that's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Would uh, decipher those movements as different things, like maybe spaceships. Right, right. There you go. So very good. Very good art. Very loaded with uh, themes that we would be familiar with. So yeah, I'll, good job. I'll say Lekect has, uh, he's operating on a whole nother level. Oh, it's of, like meta meta. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, and we also have a couple pieces of art from Jay Vela. Oh, great. First one here is, uh, I think it's a general canary cry, think outside the cage uh, piece here. It's got uh, his style. Uh, I think that baby, I, I, I'm thinking that baby is, uh, is my son coming. I'm hoping Ooh. the angel's watching Yay. over the baby. You got Basil for Prez. Oh, good. Yeah. You got a robot flippy flipping, flipping burgers. Uh-huh. Listening to some music. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some other stuff going on at the bottom. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the yeah, references well, we've got, are. It uh, looks like we've got some surveillance flippy going on. There's some sort of superhero there yeah. with a canary, what looks to be like a canary cry signal in the sky. Yeah. Like a bat oh, signal, very, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Thank you very much, Jay Vela. Always a pleasure to have your art on the show. And I think this is a zoomed in image of the producers of the show on the <laughs> Wait, top I do left. Like this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Think outside the cage and vote Baz 2020. Vote Baz 2020. Yep. Uh, but yes, uh, he also sent a ISO of that image. The top right or top left of the image shows mm. uh, all the producers and, um, I and think, us. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. Are. Just, uh, and there's some robots in there. It's like robots, the whole fam. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there was a reference here in the, in the note that he, he or she, I think it's he sent. Um, let me see here. Uh, that night wind, old two box, objective existence on his knees, pulling out his hair in repentance, which is a reference to, uh, his behavior in the chat, I believe fact mm-hmm. checker still fact checking. Uh, okay. So that, that's all the stuff in there. So thank you so much, Jay Vela. Very awesome piece of artwork. Always very, thank good. You, I love the you, style producer it Jay Vela could be its own thing. And last but not least, we have Ali, Gazzle, and Bonds in the chat coming in with uh, Normie Alert, new contact tracing app. <laughs> it's, it's Basil <laughs> this, holding yes. an, a, a, a smartphone, and it says, you are within six feet of a Normie. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Switching it up on the, uh, the contact tracing. Yeah. I think this is a great idea. We need a contact tracing app for Normies. Normies. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I was sharing this with you, Basil, before we started the show here. Uh, but there is a show or a movie, I guess, a movie called The Garbage Pail Kids Movie. Mm-hmm. It was released in 1987. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a little tiny baby, and I think you were not born yet, but it's okay because the, the source, the origin of the Normie 
is from uh, that movie. Since you won't go back into the pale, you must at least promise me that you will stay with the normies. What are normies? Normies. They're normal people. We got to hide from them. They hate <laughs> us. Yeah, they think we're ugly. that's uh that's that's the origin of normie other than the uh, more modern use of it that you'll find in urban dictionary with uh some interesting and funny uh examples (laughs) of the use of normie Uh, mature content warning if you look up normies (laughs) on uh uh, urban dictionary well thank you very much that was uh who that was gasoline bonds who is that that's Allie. okay Allie. thank you very much youngest known producer gasoline bonds in the chat who also got first comment on today's show so thank you very much Allie. yes very good and you know i I do want to mention this because this is uh i guess it's ready to go the canary cry merch perch was created by producer aaron and uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna I'm gonna show us real quick because uh, I gotta yeah. show the 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 website here. Yeah, let me do some quick uh, catching up for people who might know or, or who might not know if you're new to the show. So um, we've done some merch stuff in the past, but the, the problem is just Gons and I are so busy focusing on the show and other real life stuff that uh, it's it hasn't been able to be sustainable. So um, what we like to do is, you know, we this is a Canary Cry family. So we put out the call if anybody out there wanted to do merch for the show. Um, they can just go ahead and do it and keep us posted and, uh, you know, share some of the proceeds with the show, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's that's a real job. If you want to run it, you got to make some money, too. Um, so this was producer Aaron's been working on it and uh, they have a, a working site, I believe, up now. And uh, let's see if I can get it up in front of me here. I have Uh-oh. it here. It's a uh, welcome to Canary Cry merch perch. Yeah. So there we go. We got it there. They will be sharing. Now it says right on there, 30% of the proceeds will be coming to the show to support the show. I We haven't done a lot of negotiating because that's not what we're trying to do. But I will say if it's going to be 30% and sorry to do this in public, uh, Aaron, but I think we should just make it 33% just to, <laughs> just to trigger just, everybody, <laughs> just to trigger everybody. 33% uh, of the proceeds will go to the show, but we've got some fun products on, up there. Gons, you want to show them? Yeah, there's a canary, a Gons CCNT art t-shirt with, with my mug on it. I don't know yeah. why anybody would want to put my face on a shirt, but oh, I'm definitely getting one of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got the Canary Cry logo, Canary Cry News Talk logo on a couple things. And my favorites are the masks. You have your Elon Musk mask or Elon mask mm-hmm. is what it's called. Yeah. Which is and great. We've got the, the Daddy Fauci mask. Yeah, Daddy Fauci I'm a mask huge fan is, of. This one, uh, I might have to walk around with this one. This is a, a mask with Anthony Fauci's face on it. And it says, Daddy Fauci made me wear this. (laughs) (laughs) In case you want to trigger some normies. Wow. Well, there we go. Very good. This is one of your producers, Canary Cry producer, put this uh, thing together. And 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if if that produ- if uh, producer Aaron is watching the show right now live, but uh, I will uh, I I will make a request that we make that thirty three percent of all the proceeds come to the show so you can support the show get uh, get some merch. He has on there too the coming soon section. He's going to be putting together a lot more merch, and uh, I hope with the permission of. Uh, maybe some of our artists, we can put some art on the merch as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, so, it's a good thing. Good, cool thing yeah, to so do. So if you're a, if you've been an artist, send us an email and just let us know if we can put your stuff on merch. And I don't know, it's, it's a developing system here, but uh, like I said, we, we feel good about just empowering our producers to, uh, you know, become a part of the ecosystem. And we've had many great producers, uh, do you know start lots of great things um surrounding the show and this is one of them so we hope this works out and if anybody's looking for canary crime merch this is a great place to go perfect sounds good all right you ready or is there anything else to mention here? um let me just look through i oh, think that's good quick thank you oh. to that night wind for doing the timestamps for people who want to skip around and find uh, certain stories so that's continue. Right. thank you to that night wind Yes. Yeah, I think we're ready to get Your back. Consistency is appreciated that night, Wind. Thank you very much. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okay, let's wake on up here. Uh, Gons, you want to start this one? Yeah, let me start this one. Is a mind control story. Mind, mind control, control intensifies. And uh, this is from sciencealert.com. Scientists may have figured out where unwanted thoughts are hiding in the brain. I'm always skeptical of these what? types of, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, science. Um, okay. So it says here, worse than a song stuck in your head, negative thoughts that you can't push away can be highly detrimental to your well-being. Sometimes try as we might to suppress them. Some thoughts just keep coming back. Yeah. Our, our old brains there. New research suggests this might be because those unwanted thoughts still exist in another part of the brain. Ooh. So, hold on. So if you're not thinking of something, it's not in your brain. Is that? Okay. Anyway, this finding suggests that trying to suppress repetitive thoughts as a way to give our brains a break and protect our mental well-being might not be the best strategy supporting what classic studies have first suggested. Quote, these results provide new neural evidence of the pervasiveness of suppressed thoughts and unveil a network of brain areas to be targeted to treat intrusive thought disorders. Oh my gosh. Yeah, such as post-traumatic stress disorder, the author of the study said. The study tested this with neutral thought content. The team mapped the brain activity of 15 people as they tried to suppress any thoughts or images of either a red apple or a green broccoli. The challenge was to avoid thinking about the food item for more than 12 seconds after the participants had been prompted to visualize it and not replace it with another image just to keep their mind clear. Okay, after completing (laughs) after completing the series of tasks, eight people reported that they had successfully suppressed any thoughts or images of the fruit or veg but their brain scan suggested otherwise. Oh, mm. brain scan. A technique. This is like, yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. continue. No, no, no. Okay. I'll wait till the end. <laughs> A technique called functional magnetic resonance imaging. Is that MRI or FMRI? Yep. FMRI. Which detects changes in blood flow had been measuring their brain activity. 
Then a computer algorithm tuned to detect the difference in pattern of brain activity corresponding to thoughts about either fruit or vegetables was used to analyze the data. Okay. Quote, using this algorithm, we can see what people are imagining when, uh, even when they're not aware of it, said cognitive neuroscientist Roger Koenig Robert from Monash, or Monash University in Australia. The scan showed that voluntarily thinking about the two ingredients activated the left side of the participants' brain, or brains, plural, and the right side fired up when they tried to suppress such thoughts. Quote, we were able to find visual representations uh, of the thought, even when participants believe they successfully pushed the image out of their minds, said Joel Pearson, a cognitive neuroscientist from the University of New South Wales, Sydney. Quote, mm -hmm. the visual cortex, the part of the brain responsible for mental imagery, seemed to be producing thoughts without their awareness, he added. This suggests, suggests, mental images can form even when they're trying to stop them. Okay, mm. specific visual imagery like representations of their foodie thoughts persisted in the lateral occipital cortex, the part of the brain that recognizes objects. Quote, the results suggest that the content of suppressed thoughts exists hidden from awareness, seemingly without an individual's knowledge, providing a compelling reason why thought suppression is so ineffective, the authors concluded in their paper. But thought suppression means avoiding thinking about one item and not replacing it with another one or distracting yourself. In this case, the researchers couldn't be absolutely sure that their 15 participants weren't distracting themselves with other ideas to avoid thinking of apples and broccoli. Yeah, mm -hmm. no kidding. Future studies involving people, uh, more people will be needed. Likewise, other experiments testing what happens in the brain when people are substituting one thought with another rather than trying to suppress a bothersome thought altogether. Previous research from the same group published in 2019 suggested that thought substitution is more effective than suppression for thought control. And of mm, course, great. yeah. And of course, lying in the brain scanner thinking uh, about fruits and vegetables is a tad bit different to a worry uh, to the worries of everyday life or the thought patterns that emerge due to mental health issues. But these findings are a step forward in better understanding our minds and taking comfort in knowing just why controlling unwanted uh, unwanted thoughts can be so difficult. And that's the end of the wow. article there. This is, oh my goodness, filled There's with so, so many, many things. So many things. So first of all, just to summarize it for everybody, they are doing their best to do brain scans to figure out uh, if thoughts go somewhere in your brain when you're trying not to think about them. Um, and the ability to control unwanted thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. Now, just to, I mean, just to lean deep into, you know, the, the whole worldview uh, regarding future thought control, thought police, mind control, uh, reading minds, as we've seen some uh, uh, specifically with computers and brain scans and things like that. Uh, we have seen some big leaps and bounds happening in China where they can detect or they say at least they can detect sort of like anti-government sentiment just by aiming an AI camera at you and reading your your bio signals, uh, you know, your heart rate and your stuff like that because they're trying to catch 
thought dissenters. I mean, obviously, this screams of an Orwellian nightmare. Um, but, you know, it's not that crazy because it has become the even just on a societal level, take the technology out of it. We're really in a place, you know, where it used to be. You could have a different thought about something uh, from somebody else maybe your friend and you could still be friends but it's come to the point in society where having the wrong thought about something automatically makes you evil and uh you know you can't be you can't be trusted even by your friends or family right and this can go either way you know if we're going to put it in the left right paradigm that's the sad thing is it's we've the society as a whole has sort of been trained to uh, detect unsavory thoughts in one another, uh, which will put the, you know, our friend or family in the category of a liberal or a conservative. And we know to stay away from them or whatever, but moving into the Orwellian nightmare of contact tracing and brain chips and things like that, being able to detect a, uh, you know, let's even just say it, a thought that goes against, uh, you know, a political paradigm uh, in, in for the process of control or for the, the goal of controlling a population. This is pretty disturbing. Just the fact that the the science is out there, that they're trying to detect wrong thoughts and how impossible it is to hide from your wrong thoughts. Yeah, and I would question the methodology involved here because a lot of what people need to understand too is a lot of science is yeah. not science, it's philosophy. <laughs> right. Well, let's keep in mind that this entire uh, you know, this entire article could be complete bull hockey. Right. Yeah. Well, it's sciencealert.com, so you know. <laughs> so you know it's so, yeah, true. It's got to be true. Science is truth. <laughs> science is truth. Science is truth. Um, but <laughs> but the fact that they just they have some MRI. Okay, uh, they have basically they have some scans of your brain and and some blood flow in the brain, and they're extracting what you're thinking about from from just that data, and and some algorithms. Ooh, some algorithms that's telling you you know oh they must be still thinking about broccoli. But there is no way that just a a brain scan can actually come up with a a clear understanding of what each individual is actually thinking. I mean, it's very, it's, you know, I I use the word primitive in in a sense, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's like, there's no way. I mean, there are certain types of technologies to uh, uh, that's out there to start creating uh, or translating certain brain uh, functions or brain mechanisms into actual, you know, like an actual visual representation in the real world to somebody else. Uh, they've had brain uh, or a dream translators and stuff like that, that they've tested right. on animals and stuff. But for this experiment, I don't think they're doing, they're not necessarily doing that and they're not extracting hidden thoughts or thoughts that you're distracting yourself away from and and like knowing for sure that they're thinking of a, a red apple or a broccoli sure. or something like that. So I, I don't know. I question the whole thing, especially when all it is is an algorithm. Using yeah. this algorithm, we can see that people are imagining, even when they're not aware of it, 
Well, yeah, isn't the brain always imagining or doing something when you're not aware of it? That's that's nothing new. That's yeah, you know, that was that's the subconscious or whatever you want to call it. Um, Now, even the even the concept of the subconscious was created by Freud, who is a has a lot of questionable uh, characteristics for sure. But, you know, this that is not a surprise that your brain can be thinking things without you consciously trying to. But it's interesting how they're already sort of normalizing the vocabulary of thought suppression Mm -hmm. and uh, things like that, because, again, they there are some very interesting uh, technological uh, devices that have are currently being experimented on. I mean, even take Neuro, Neuralink with Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're able to quote unquote detect an unwanted thought in a brain, let's yeah. just let just for the context of this article, let's say they have you know have found out something similar to what they're claiming. If they are able to detect a a lurking, unwanted thought in your brain, uh, what does that mean? I mean, what action do they take? What is the whole, like, what's even the point? Uh, Because, you know, like I said, the the concept of a subconscious or your brain working without you knowing it is a really old idea. I guess other than trying to create a scientific model where they can detect people having bad thoughts and uh you know showing that in some sort of scientific way what is the point other than control of the population i mean like actual mind control yeah yeah i'm i'm just reminded of uh uh romans 8 you know where it talks about those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things Mm -hmm. of the flesh and those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit we we really like Anytime the materialistic approaches have the materialism has really run into a wall here with a lot of the mind stuff and the brain and because they can only extract what they and think about it too. It's other brains. It's extracting meaning from information from other brains. And so there's really, I don't know, there's a, there's a limit here to what people can do. And I'm not saying that they're going to be able to not figure out how to upload your consciousness into a machine or whatever, but there's always that question of when they're able to do that, when they're able to control all that, wh- at what point do you lose yourself? You know, whether you're trying to upload yourself into a machine or you let a machine into your brain, mm-hmm. you know, that there, there's a, it's a two way street. At what point do you lose? At what point are you dead? And you know, your brain is just functioning as sure. a machine with the machine, you know, and at what point are you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that's, I think that's kind of a side conversation that we've, we've certainly had before. Yeah. I think this is more connected to like minority report thought crime type of stuff. You right. Know? And especially if let's just imagine a world where Elon Musk actually gets Neuralink going and it becomes commercially viable. And, you know, even a decade further on down the line, you get a tax credit for having your Neuralink in and, uh, you know, big data is all hooked up to it as well. But then, uh, you know, with its brain scanning, it's f- more than anything. Neuralink right now is a brain scanner. It's an intras, uh, 
uh, cranial brain scanner. And uh, yeah, being being able to detect maybe if not being able to read the thought and see what the unwanted thought is, if they've identified the place in your brain where unwanted thoughts go. uh, What did they call it again? Um, thought suppression you know the sort of thought suppressed vault in your brain even if they can't read the image of what it is if uh, you know if they do a little scan and they see that your thought suppression vault is full or active then they know you're thinking that something you shouldn't be thinking of (laughs) and then of course you know the pre-crime unit Busting your door, and then uh, there you go. Your one-way ticket to the FEMA camp, baby. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying, but you know, it, it, didn't they? Haven't they shown that the brain? Yes, there are certain parts of the brain that functions in certain ways, but like for example, memory isn't stored in like one spot in the brain. It's like it's yeah. a, a whole network that gets yeah uh, that that's more wires. more complicated than e- we think. E- yeah, so I. I understand what they're trying to do with like certain parts of the brain and extracting information or extracting meaning from what they're getting from the machine scanning the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think to what you're saying, it may not even be accurate. You know, they, they don't have to have an accurate, like one to one true understanding of how or what people are thinking. If certain sure. parts of the brain lights up, then you're yeah. it's illegal you know it's, it's, your, it's, it's wrong it's the, you're wrong the thought suppression vault you you're hiding something you've got right. something to hide you know and it goes into the big data privacy conversation too which is like well if you have nothing to hide then why would you care if we look at your brain <laughs> you know it'll be well, the same thing with neuralink yeah get neuralink of course we can read your mind but if you have nothing to hide well i, I think then, yeah, the reason why I was bringing up the scriptures and you know set your mind to the thing of the, things of the spirit and things of that nature is because who becomes the moral authority there? You know, well, when, ain't that just the problem? That that is the key here. You know, when man yeah. tries to govern man, you know somebody's playing God. You know, yeah. So I think right. that's that's the bigger picture here of because well, if you think about it, God knows all our thoughts, all our you know everything hidden expose everything he knows it all so it's like all right there we really can't hide from god but yeah. uh when man tries to play god now we're talking about everything biblical like all, all yeah. the things biblical totally and isaiah forty two fourteen mentions in the chat take every thought captive yep, i mean that's go. even a bi- biblical principle there yep, so there you go yeah all right. Well, there you go. I mean, I think this is some. I think this is still kind of in the realm of pseudoscience, but you know, it's also in the realm of where big, huge tech uh, industries are going. I think this will be, if if not useful data, it'll be a sort of sem- seminal report uh, that will be uh, again baby steps to the new world order. I think I know what they're trying to do blowing minds and stopping crimes (laughs) all right i got one here for you guns aliens that's right whatever happened to the long version of that i like the ufo one yeah oh that's specifically for ufo yeah it's a little different Mm -hmm. but i do like it well i can i can uh, i don't but i but technically this story is a little more uh space 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 space
There we go. Okay, we're coming from uh, news.com.au, and this article is titled, NASA Recruits Alien Hunters to Find Signs of Life in Outer Space. That's right, kids. I've made uh, many a a career (laughs) calls for quality career suggestions, and so far, I think I'm batting a thousand, but uh, if there's any kids out there still trying to figure out their career path, here you go. NASA Recruits Alien Hunters. To find signs of life in outer space. U.S. space agency NASA is recruiting alien hunters to find signs of life in images taken from planets and other solar systems in outer space. Seeking volunteers. All volunteers. Come on. (laughs) Cheap. Sorry, kids. Never a straight answer. Hey, is there money? Is there money involved? Never a straight answer. (laughs) Can we get get some benefits? Never a straight answer. Okay, sorry. Seeking volunteers from across the world, NASA has launched a citizen science project called planet patrol (laughs) to detect new planets from millions of images collected by its computer system since the 1990s scientists have discovered more than 4200 exoplanets 420 bro uh which are worlds that orbit stars other than the earth's sun nasa wants to take advantage of interested people's time to examine the different extraterrestrial environments some of which may host life you have a comment? You have a silly comment there, Gonzo? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. It is inviting volunteers to join the hunt for new exoplanets by examining images snapped by the Transitioning Exoplanet Survey Satellite, TESS, which has been orbiting the Earth since 2018. Uh, Planet Patrol will come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't There's not say it that way. Space Force and Planet Patrol is just... <laughs> My gosh. Planet Patrol sounds like a kid's show. How Patrol? Planet Patrol will become a, quote, community pursuing the common goal of understanding the universe and our place in it, NASA said. It launched Planet Patrol on Zooniverse, okay, (laughs) earlier this week and has already recruited more than 1,600 participants who have collectively delivered 100,000 individual classifications. The program enables anyone with an internet connection to spot and classify likely exoplanets and images taken by tests. Quote, citizen science projects are a great way to engage our built-in, never-ending curiosity about the world we live in. Be it our own planet or a planet hundreds of light years away, NASA research scientist Veselin Kostov said. There we go. He said the project launch was particularly welcome for people isolating during the COVID-19 pandemic. TESS is designed to spot exoplanets as they pass in front of stars they orbit, dimming the star's brightness. Once the exoplanet's existence has been confirmed, scientists can then start to determine the planet's basic properties and whether any type of life, including extraterrestrial intelligence, could find it habitable. The hundreds of thousands of pictures TESS takes each year are analyzed by automated software, but computers may accidentally detect an exoplanet when all the image shows is a dimming of light caused by a binary system containing two rather than one star with one eclipsing the other. Okay. Quote, the most common imposters are eclipsing binary stars, Kostov said. Other false positives were caused by instruments or astrophysical noise distorting the test images. 
Uh, Kostov said the human eye was much more reliable than automated processing. Quote, the human eye is very good at quickly and reliably spotting such image distortions, he said. Via the program on Zooniverse, Planet, Patr- Planet Patrol <laughs> participants are guided through a process of evaluating the quality of test images. Uh, lost my spot. They then must distinguish between p- 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 potential false positives and bona fide planet candidates. Bonafide planet candidates. Quote, it's an extremely rewarding and enjoyable experience for us and hopefully for them as well, said Kostov. Yeah, getting, uh, you know, getting 1,600 people to donate their time instead of paying (laughs) people. Of course, that's pleasurable. This is fantastic. This is enjoyable experience for me. Welcome to my people's zoo. (laughs) quote my hope is that the project sparks a continuous interest in exoplanets in particular and in astrophysics in general another project nasa is undertaking is to detect whether alien life really exists on these planets its researchers have turned to looking for the shadows of one of earth's most common multicellular life form trees whoa they're Mm. looking for shadows of trees Professor Chris Doty, lead author of the landmark new study, said in a statement, quote, Earth has more than three trillion trees and each cast shadows differently than inanimate objects. Oh, he's calling trees not inanimate objects. That's fun. Quote, if you go outside at noon, almost all shadows will be from human objects or plants. And there will be very few shadows at this time of day when there wasn't multicellular life. The research suggests abundant, upright, photosynthetic, multicellular life. Whoa. (laughs) The researchers suggest abundant, upright, (laughs) photosynthetic, multicellular life, otherwise known as trees Trees. (laughs) Uh, such as trees will cast shadows at high sun angles this the researchers believe will probably distinguish them from singular cellular life as a result space telescopes will observe the types of shadows cast which should theoretically determine whether there are similar life forms on exoplanets wow so these alien hunters (laughs) are really just looking for trees on exoplanets imagine imagine like the enthusiast you know like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to work for NASA. And, oh, this is so cool. You know, I'm going to look for aliens. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, look, what we're looking for here are trees. <laughs> no, you're looking for abundant, upright, <laughs> photosynthetic, multicellular life. What? <laughs> trees. trees. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Well, that's certainly one way to keep a certain amount of the population entertained while you force them to stay quarantined. Yeah, my uh, my biggest thing from this article was the part here that talks about how computers may accidentally detect an exoplanet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess how do you? I, I, guess, I don't know. I haven't looked at the thing, so I don't know. But uh, if there are false positives, and this is all still a computer, all computing, computers, computer, computer, all computers. What are you talking about? I'm just saying everything is computers, like all the space stuff, all the alleged things out there. It's not your. What are you talking about, old man? You're not directly looking at trees, alien trees. (laughs) (laughs) Don't diss me on the Planet Patrol. Planet Patrol. I I will lead the Planet Patrol in this universe. I might have to join uh, Planet Patrol and start looking for. uh, uh, I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, upright photosynthetic life forms. <laughs> I'm just waiting for uh, Space Force to run into 
some planet patrol people and it's just a a whole a whole new civil war folks. there's a rival yeah a, a, a rivalry begins between space force and planet patrol <laughs> what are you guys planet doing out patrol. here we're just looking for trees we're looking for trees what do you mean okay oh man all right so there you go just a fun one all right one That's, more if you're wondering what nasa's up to <laughs> it's asking it's begging volunteers to find trees on other planets what happened to all of our tax money going to nasa what is this what they're doing <laughs> with it all tax went to money? the 23 million dollar toilet guns oh, we talked right. about this. that's right <laughs> they ran out of money because they're spending it on slight <laughs> variations on a yes. new toilet shoot we we diverted all of our alien tree finding budget <laughs> to the toilet project oh my gosh okay one more here nephilim update nephilim update nephilim update aliens all right this article is fun i made the video on this earlier mindmatters.ai researchers the aliens exist but mm. they are sleeping they're sleeping. Oh, oh yeah. well, that, that makes sense. Shh, quiet. They're sleeping. Recently, science and science fiction writer Matt Williams has been writing a series at Universe Today on why extraterrestrial intelligences may believe, or I'm sorry, that many believe must exist in our universe, never show up, <laughs> except maybe trees. Last week, we looked at the hypothesis that the aliens' advanced technology ended up destroying them all. The machines may be coming for us because destroying is all they know how to do. Super creepy. This week, let's look at a quite different idea that Williams outlines in Beyond Fermi's Paradox 5. What is the Astivation Hypothesis? August 7, 2020. uh, Astivation is the summer version of hibernation in winter. What is real quick? What is up with this picture at the top of the article of a dragon? Yeah, he's sleeping, bro. He's a sleeping alien. Come on. Well, his eyes are open. He's not sleeping that well. Well, he's he's trying to sleep. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> Asservation is the summer version of hibernation in winter. The aliens in the, in this scenario are not dead. They're merely sleeping. Just as many life forms on Earth go into torpor during hot and dry conditions, they are awaiting cooler conditions before they emerge. Why Um. might the ETs need cooler conditions? Many ET theorists posit three types of civilizations on a Kardashev scale, depending on their state of development. The scale was originally developed in in a 1964 essay by Russian astrophysicist Nikolai Kardashev, Type 1 civilizations can harness the energy of a planet, type 2 a star system, and type 3 a galaxy. The Mm. structures they could build and we could detect would depend on the energy they can harness. Galaxy redevelopment would generate a lot of heat, maybe too much. In a 2017 study, quote, "That uh, that is not dead which can eternal lie. The Astevian hypothesis for resolving Fermi's paradox Physicists associated with Oxford's Future of Humanity Institute, where Nick Bostrom is the director, Nick Bostrom is the uh, transhumanist guy, Mm -hmm. suggested that the ETs may have decided to wait until the universe cools down before doing any more calculations. Thus, they are (laughs) astiviating or astivating. Quote, if a civilization wants to maximize computation, 
It appears rational. <laughs> it appears rational, Basil. <laughs> Sorry. It appears rational to astivate until the far future in order to exploit the low temperature environment. This can produce a 10 to the 30 multiplier of achievable computation. We hence suggest that the uh, astivation hypothesis, the reason we are not observing manifestations of alien civilizations, is that they are currently mostly inactive, patiently waiting for future cosmic eras. This paper analyzes the assumptions going into the hypothesis that uh, and how physical law and observational evidence constrain the motivations of aliens compatible with the hypothesis. And that was uh, Anders Sandberg, another transhumanist, uh, transhumanist, and uh, let's see, what is it? Stuart Armstrong and Milan Sirkovic. Uh, okay, yeah, and it goes on here. This is a part that I found interesting. One suggested reason that the ETs might adopt such a strategy is that they have become digital beings anyway. Aliens have already become digital beings. Quote, Indeed, an increasing number of futurists, astrobiologists, and SETI experts are starting to think that advanced intelligence eventually transitions into digital mode uh, into a digital mode of existence living as digital beings within powerful supercomputers post biological aliens or future post humans will demand unhindered access to powerful and efficient means of information processing a hypothetical model of existence known as dataism dataism so they're saying all the aliens have already uploaded their consciousness and are sleeping in computers? In computers that are, are lying dormant right now. They're waiting for the universe to cool down so they can fire them back up again. Oh, yeah. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. How would we know if any of this is true? Two of the authors of the paper explain. Quote, can we test it? Yes. The obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, this isn't all nonsense. The obvious way is to carefully look at odd processes keeping the universe from losing potentially useful raw materials. The suggestions in the paper give some ideas, but there are doubtless other things to look for. Also, astivators would protect themselves from late evolving species that could steal their stuff. If we. <laughs> If if we were to start building self-replicating von Neumann probes in the future, if there are astivations around, they better stop us. This hypothesis test may, of course, be rather dangerous. Okay, Anders Sandberg. And the dangerous part, Sandberg told Gizmodo, quote, Another way to potentially detect these sleeping civilizations would be to mess with their stuff. But that could be very <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> wow if if they're not wow. around if they can't find anything what stuff are you gonna mess with okay sorry yeah. we could try to set off some process Poke that would bear. really that would really upset the astivators like launching a lot of self-replicating probes to pave the un, uh, to to pave the reachable reachable universe with our infrastructure said sandberg if the astivators are halfway competent, their robot guardians will show up to stop that. 
which oh which God. might make this a very risky <laughs> way of testing the hypothesis. Oh in short, we'd better not wake them up. By way of explanation in their paper, Armstrong et al. quote, a famous horror writer, quote, the old ones were, the old ones are, and the old ones shall be. Not mm. in the spaces we know, but between them. They walk serene and primal, undimensioned, and to us, unseen. That's a H.P. Lovecraft, the Dunwich Horror and Others, which I mentioned in the video earlier how uh, the D-Wave, uh, one of the former CEOs of D-Wave Quantum Computing, uh, Gordy Rose, was on stage a few years ago talking about how the quantum computers are summoning entities. And right. he mentioned how they're like the old ones of H.P. Lovecraft. So mm. the idea is, uh, is very much in play, and people are running with it, apparently. One yeah. physics team, more prosaic, prosaic uh, disputes the whole notion. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> they say that the astivationists misunderstand the astrophysics principle involved in massing computing. Quote, computer-generated entropy can only be disposed of by transferring it to the cosmological background. In fact... While this assumption may apply in the distant future, our universe today contains vast reservoirs and other physical systems in non-maximal entropy states, and computer-generated entropy can be transferred to them at the uh, adiabatic conversion rate of one bit of negentropy, or negentropy to erase one bit of error. This can be done at any time and is not improved by waiting for low cosmic background temperature. Well... You know, that's only, you know, speculation. Yeah. I'm buying the sleeping alien idea. Sounds like Nephilim to me, man. I mean, the thing that I did in my video is I mentioned how, you know, and the, and the Bible actually speaks of a couple things. And this, I'm not saying that, the you know, the, 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 these two are a match, but Second Peter sure. 2, 4 says, for God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell where they committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. So you have these like, you know, rebel watchers basically that are held in chains of gloomy darkness. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the parallel passage, Jude one, six basically says the same thing. Uh, you know, the angels that did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He is kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. So this idea that there are these watchers that are currently being held you know, in some mm. darkness until yeah. judgment, right? Mm. Yeah. Or uh, there's a parallel there with this idea that these crazy scientists are saying, well, maybe the aliens are sleeping. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so. Well, and they talk about them sleeping in a computer. In computers. Much like we've talked about uploading human consciousness and we've compared that to, you know, the passages referring to, you know, men will beg for death, but won't be able to. Uh, won't, won't be, able, be able, to able to die, die yeah, yeah. Uh, because they're stuck in the thing so if you're talking about watchers who are chained up you mm -hmm. know in the stars it, it, I could, there's a comparison there I think there's something there and, and not to say there, yeah. and not to say and I, and I quoted uh, Jastro which mm -hmm. basically he has that quote about how you know scientists have been using logic and reason to climb the mountain of knowledge and when they get to the top there's you know a band of theologians that's been sitting there for a long time Right. That whole idea is pretty applicable here because, uh, again, you know, as wild as, the, as this type of theory sounds, 
they're just the, you know the materialist and the scientist types they're they're just so desperate for aliens to exist number 1 right. and number 2 for this like digital immortality to be like a tangible thing yeah that it they're wraps willing, it all into yeah, one yeah they nice just kind of yeah they're able to mix it all up into one giant thesis and and uh, it just seems to allude to certain biblical things that are eschatological in nature totally and not saying that it is i'm just saying that it seems to align that maybe what they're tapping into from their materialist view is more so what God told us in the Bible about, you know, watchers yeah, being I mean, chained. It, yeah. It just sounds like a, it sounds like a, a, a science fiction rewriting of like the book of Enoch. Right. Right. Yeah. Or just, just certain passages from scripture talking about, uh, I, I think revelation nine and revelation 16 both talk about, or at least nine talks about the, the angels under Euphrates, the river Euphrates. Right, that are going right. to be released to kill a third of mankind and stuff. So the idea is there that there are these angels or these watchers that are being held until judgment. And uh, so <laughs> when, the, when these guys are like, oh, we don't want to wake them up. Uh, maybe they're right. You know, they're yeah. kind of right. It's like, yeah, when they wake <laughs> up, it's probably not a good deal, especially if you're, uh, you're not covered under the blood of Jesus. It might be real bad news for you. So right, right. Well, <laughs> well there we go. That's a very exciting uh, Nephilim update there, Gons. Thank you very much. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And let me uh, wrap it up with the jingle. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Well, there we go. Thank <laughs> you that? so much, everybody. We did a we, we did a show, Gons. We did I know, it. We did it. Yep. We Over absolutely did it. And so did all of you. You did it as well. I want to thank all of our uh, new producers for this show. Episode 251, Ciara, uh, producer Ciara, producer Andrea, producer Jack, producer Bush Protector, producer Isaac, producer Tracy, and, of course, the new uh, member of the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, Sir Old to Box, Knight of the Watchmen, seventh night of the Canary Cry Roundtable. Thank you so much. Also, thank you to uh, our uh, jingle, our, our jingle man, Mr. Magoo. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and to our artists, producer Jay Vela, Ali, and Lekecht. Thank you guys so much. And another big thank you to uh, That Night Wind for taking the timestamps for the uh, YouTube upload later on. So those uh, people who want to jump around and uh, go directly to different topics can do that without listening to all the nonsense. So we appreciate all of our producers, everybody who makes this show work, and not just the show, but the, the sorbet, uh, orbiting projects, uh, the newest of which is the Merch Perch, Canary Cry Merch Perch. Show them some love over there. Um, uh, 30% soon to be 33% of the uh, offerings there will go to helping the show and um, some will go to paying for everything and then some will go to, uh, well, thanking producer Aaron for doing the work, making it happen. So we thank you very much, producer Aaron. Okay, now remember, we will be back with another show, which will be on Wednesday. 
October 7th. Yes. Wednesday, October 7th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to follow us, turn on notifications, uh, set your alarms, folks, because we'll be back with a whole nother show on Wednesday. We thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, All those, all you regular listeners, we see you. We thank you. We appreciate you being here. And remember just to uh, follow or subscribe to the podcast version because, you know, we do three three shows a week and maybe you can't make it to all of them but make sure to listen uh, to the show after the live stream and that'll be posted on the podcast just search canary cry news talk in your podcast player and you will find us subscribe and uh, make sure not to miss a thing Okay, if you want to become a producer for next uh, show on Wednesday, the 7th, you can help produce episode 252. That's an interesting number there. Um, You can become a producer by going to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. Or if you don't like Patreon, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. A little early on the button there. That's okay. We're a fine-tuned machine around here. But yes, head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Remember, we're still taking Trump tax donations. Uh, You can get the the Trump tax producership uh, for uh, helping us out with the amount of $7.50, $75, or uh, if you're Daddy Warbucks, $750. Uh, We'll get you an executive producership. Um, Let's see here. Also the 33, 33 keeps rolling. Um, so all sorts of ways to do it. Or if you're a crypto person, you can uh, help us out with cryptocurrency over there as well. That's another fun way to help out the show. Uh, now, here's the thing. There's other ways to become a producer that aren't just financial. Uh, your time, your talent, and your treasure. We have very talented producers helping us out with art. If you're a creative person and you want to create a piece of art that is related to the show uh, or jingles, if you foresee us needing another jingle for a topic, Go ahead and send all that to canarycryradio at gmail.com and uh, you'll make it uh, make it on next show. So thank you very much to all of our creative folks out there. Uh, I do want to plug one more time, canarycry.community. It's, a, it's our anti-Facebook social media um, platform and it's got all sorts of Canary Cry folk Good folks, man. Make some friends, chat, theories, uh, follow current events, play games, fellowship, pray for each other. I do want to mention again, we had some people asking. Uh, we do have the Canary Cry producers um, who are is the Canary Cry prayer uh squadron (laughs) um and if you want to send in a prayer request or get involved with that uh, prayer team you can email canaryprayer at gmail.com that's canaryprayer at gmail.com make sure to check in with them if you got a request if you got something going on in your life or you want to join the team just email canaryprayer at gmail.com great way to get involved Um, hallelujah that's right. Now, remember, there's uh, there's other ways to help the show. This Friday, I'm going to be reading ratings and reviews. So if you haven't done it, leave a rating and a review. Just uh, use whatever search engine you prefer uh, and search for Apple Podcasts, uh, Canary Cry News Talk. 
Apple Podcast, Canary Cry News Talk. Leave a rating and a review. Look it up. I'll be reading those this Friday. Always my favorite time of the week. So please do that. Uh, Not only do Gonz and I read them all, um, but uh, it also helps the algorithms that are continuously scouring the Internet uh, to it helps those algorithms share the show with people who have not heard of it. And that's very helpful. Um, and last but not least, if you want to help out the show and help out your fellow human beings searching for the truth, just share an episode. Send them an episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Y'all got friends, y'all got family who are waking up and realizing that the world is not what it seems and one of the best ways to help them is to send them an episode that they might like we'll be happy to help uh guide them down the narrow path of truth and if you need any more instructions here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah, folks. Okay, remember, we'll be back and you should be back on Wednesday the 7th, right here, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We can't wait to uh, see you then. And uh, anything else? Any last words, Guns? Hashtag Trump is a national disgrace trending on Twitter as we speak. Oh, no. Did we get any uh, news about him coming out of the hospital? Yeah, I think he. It looks like he came out. He or something. did. And he there's a lot out. of. Okay. He's irresponsible. He's like North Korean dictators. <laughs> Classic. Classic move. Um, oh, CNN. Trump returns to White House, takes off mask despite having virus. Oh, what an evil man. He's such a horrible person. <laughs> All right. Follow me on Twitter, everybody. Basil underscore Rosewater. That's it. Make sure to tune in next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.